0: Welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday, the 11th of February, 2023. This is David, and your other readers this week are Susan, Eleanor, and Catherine. The editor this week is Mark. All are members of Team 5. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel, Hempstead, Berkhamsted, and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless it says otherwise. This week's headlines. Stream Scheme. Paying more for our police. Inform Storm win two more. These and other stories now follow. Here is the news.
1: Hello, this is Susan A rare chalk stream in Hemel-Hempstead could be rerouted after long periods of human intervention. The Environment Agency plans to cut a new channel for the River Gade through a Hemel-Hempstead park in a bid to improve water quality and prevent flooding. Decorum Borough Council has greenlit the plans, which would involve short-term construction works in Gatebridge Park. Local authority staff who reviewed the plans said they aim to strike a balance between the needs of wildlife and the surrounding community which uses the green space. The river Gade is one of very few chalk streams that exist worldwide. A report to the Environment Agency's case reads, chalk streams are unique river systems that provide a variety of habitats However, the majority of chalk streams in the UK fail to meet the good status required by the Water Framework Directive. It adds, Historically, the River Gade has been impacted by human intervention, which has created an overwide and frequently perched channel where the water surface is higher than the surrounding floodplain. According to the Environment Agency, This has exacerbated the amount of fine sediment in the Hemel-Hempstead area, which supports heavy vegetation growth when the flow is low. This can cause flooding to the surrounding green space when river levels rise and water collects in low-lying areas of Gatebridge Park. The report adds the existing concrete weir in the park, which was built in a bid to regulate water flow, acts as a barrier to fish fish passage and impounds water upstream preventing natural channel processes from occurring
2: Hello this is Eleanor continuing this story realignment would take place between the grade two listed white bridge which will be protected and the B 487 Queensway two new bridges would be created and the existing channel would be filled in. According to the Chiltern Society, which aims to support nature recovery in the hills, chalk streams play host to water vole, endangered, endangered in the UK, and brown trout, which is threatened as a result of habitat loss and climate change. A comment, comment by the Society on the Coran Borough Council website reads... This land is always susceptible to flooding, being in the River Gade floodplain, so realignment may not alleviate the situation. If the authority is minded to approve it, then the society would request that the reeds and foliage along the embankment be restored as these trap pollutants, which is particularly important given the propensity of pollution in England's rivers. A sterile river embankment is not only useless to the aquatic flora and fauna, but unattractive and manufactured in appearance. Decorum Borough Council approved the plans with 13 conditions for developers. These set out that more detail is needed around how construction workers will manage the surrounding ecology and landscape, and that the developer must probe the potential archaeological significance of the site this project has taken a significant period of time to come to fruition an officer report reads a council report notes it seeks to provide an optimal situation in relation to aspirations and views of the environment agency decorum borough council affinity water and the friends of Gadebridge Park as stakeholders and the wider population of users of the park. Fundamentally, the project seeks to strike a balance between wildlife and environmental needs and the ability for the park and river to be enjoyed by the community.
3: Hello, I'm Catherine. And in other news, households in Hertfordshire will pay on average an extra 15 pounds a year for Hertfordshire Police's slice of the council tax bill. Police and Crime Commissioner David Lloyd said the extra cash will help maintain the hundreds of extra officers who have joined the county's largest ever police force. He added the additional £7 million raised will ensure a strong neighbourhood policing and response service is upheld following the public's demand to see more police officers. The extra officers are being used to tackle public crime concerns, including burglary, cybercrime and violence against women and girls. Mr Lloyd said, This budget will enable the Constabulary to maintain Hertfordshire's largest ever police service. The Uplift programme over the past three years has seen more than 300 extra officers joining the Constabulary. It will also allow the delivery of our Prevention First programme which implements evidence-based policing to prevent risk, harm and victimisation. It also focuses on preventing and reducing harm for the most vulnerable as well as tackling violence against women and girls. In addition, we will invest in our professional standards and vetting teams to maintain our high standards continue to root out those who have no place in our police service and maintain public confidence. Standstill pressures this year are higher than they have ever been in previous years with pressure on pay, non-pay and capital financing budgets. Despite that, I am delivering a below inflation increase in the precept to recognise the pressure being faced by households across the county. A consultation over the proposed rise was held, with 54% of almost 2,500 replies saying they would pay more to support policing, while 37% disagreed and 9% were neutral. The increase means an annual precept for a band D property, the average in terms of council tax, will go from £223 to £238. Two thirds of properties in Hertfordshire are in council tax bands A to D. Band A will pay £10 more, while Band H will pay £30 extra. Running Hertfordshire Police is expected to cost £271.6 million in the next financial year, funded by a combination of £142.2 million from central government and 111 million from council tax and an additional 18.4 million in fees charges and other grants.
0: Hemel Storm's outstanding season continued with two more wins last weekend to cement their place at the top of the table with a record score of 15 wins and no losses. They beat Reading Rockets 114 to 82 on Saturday, before then overcoming London Lions 2, 127 to 85 a day later. Saturday's visitors, Rockets, came into the game with a win streak of five and gave a respectable account of themselves and managed to frustrate Storm on defence and shoot well from the perimeter to lead the game by a point at the end of the first quarter. The incredible movement of the basketball helped Storm to race off into the lead and they managed to defend their own basket even better, only conceding 14 points in the third quarter. Although Reading proved tough to break down throughout the game, Storm managed to dominate the latter stages, eventually winning 114-82. Sunday's game against London Lions too was a game where Storm could not afford to underestimate the opposition due to their energy from being a young team. The first quarter showed many defensive breakdowns from a Storm perspective, conceding avoidable baskets. However, the second quarter was a much better performance, with Storm only conceding 17 points and scoring 36 of their own. Storm were dominant throughout and capitalised on Lions turnovers to score many of their points. It was a much better performance this weekend in terms of shooting accuracy, and there were some great plays to secure vital points, especially in the Reading game. Storm were also absolutely able to field most of their roster, who contributed to the scores and showed a great hustle off the ball to secure crucial turnovers. Overall, it was an impressive weekend. Storm next travelled to Manchester on Saturday 11th, another game that Storm need to win to keep on track for their quest for the title. Their next home game is Sunday, February 19th, 5pm tip-off versus Essex Rebels. Tickets for this game are available at www.stormbasketball.net Top scorers versus Rockets, Taylor Johnson, 32 points, Aaron Rye, 27 points, Hakeem Silla, 18 points. Top scorers versus the Lions, Taylor Johnson, 26 points, Aaron Rai, 21 points, Seth Swilv and Romario Spence, 15 points each.
1: And now a look at this week in history. February the 8th, 1904. The Russo-Japanese War broke out, provoked by Russian penetration into Manchuria and Korea. On this day last year, the Brit Awards saw Adele make a rare live appearance, winning three prizes and dedicating the biggest gong of the night to her son in a speech. February the 9th, 1964. Beatlemania gripped America as around 70 million turned in to see the Fab Four on the Ed Sullivan Show. February the 10th, 1962. In Berlin, U.S. spy plane pilot Gary Powers, shot down by the Russians, was exchanged for KGB agent Rudolf Abel, captured in New York five years earlier. On this day last year, the U.K.'s first 100-mile-per-hour battery-diesel hybrid train entered passenger service to cut carbon emissions and boost air quality. February the 11th, 1929. The 109 acres of the Vatican in Rome was made an independent sovereign state under the Lateran Treaty. On this day last year, planetary bodies had been seen for the first time in the zone of a dead star where water and life could exist researchers said February the 12th 1929 actress Lily Langtree an intimate friend of Edward the died February the 13th 1945 hundreds of allied planes bombed Dresden devastating one of the world's most beautiful cities
2: The Bell in Tring is set to get a major facelift after being taken over by a St Albans brewery with help from pub giant Green King. Nick Farr, founder of Farr Brew, announced on Facebook that around £300,000 will be spent on refurbishing it. The Bell will close in the middle of this month and is expected to reopen in April. The Green King website said, We have significant investment planned for both internals and externals of the property in a post on Facebook mr. far said all back of house will be fully changed the seller gets a thorough scrub clean and repaint and all dispense equipment will be brand new the internals will all be repainted new furniture and opening up of the layout He added, I'm afraid that those hoping for a return of a sports-based pub will be disappointed but we will be offering something that we feel will be a warm and friendly home from home.
3: One in 20 people in decorum aged under 35 years old identify with the LGBT plus sexual orientation new census figures show. Stonewall, said the latest census breakdown shows that with each passing generation, more people feel safer to come out as LGBT plus and live as their true selves. The data shows 800 people aged between 16 and 24 years old in decorum said they identified with a sexuality other than heterosexual when the census took place in March 2021, alongside 855 aged 25 to 34. It means that about 5% of those aged under 35 in decorum said they identified with an LGBT sexuality. The category LGBT plus covers people identifying as lesbian, gay or bisexual, as well as pansexual, asexual, queer or any other sexual orientation apart from heterosexual. The data shows females in decorum were more likely to identify with the minority sexuality, with 1,735 saying they were not straight compared to 1,200 males. The census also asked people for the first time about their gender identity. In decorum, 475 people, that's 0.4%, said they did not identify with the gender assigned to them at birth. The figures show 120 people aged 25 to 34 years old said they were transgender, accounting for 25.3% of the trans community in the area. About 1% of the younger age cohort said they were trans, followed by 0.8% of people aged between 24 and 34, and 0.6% of people aged 35 to 44 years old. In England and Wales, people aged 16 to 24 years old were the most likely age group to have said their gender identity was different from their sex registered at birth. Stonewall said... Following the initial data showing over 1.5 million lesbian, gay, and bi people living in England and Wales, we now see that younger generations feel safer to be themselves. Each generation reports more lesbian, gay, and bi people than the last. But that doesn't necessarily mean there are now simply more of us. It suggests that older generations were not always safe or free to speak about their experiences or lacked the language to describe them. The charity added, the data is a reminder to leaders, institutions and governments to champion the LGBT plus community. A dedicated nurse
0: who started in Hemel Hempstead Hospital has been recognised for 45 years of service by Westarts Teaching Hospital NHS Trust. Karen Bowler rose up the ranks to become the Deputy Head of Nursing for Medicine, but started her career as a student nurse in 1976 before joining the Surgery Division. She worked mainly in the town and moved over to Watford General Hospital to become the Trust's first modern matron in 2001. Karen said, I'm so proud to reach 45 years of service in the NHS. It's been an amazing career, made all the more special as it's all been based in West Hertfordshire. I've worked with fantastic people, and even after all these years, I wouldn't change a thing. The Trust held its long service awards to recognise staff who'd provided over 15 years of service. Prime Minister
1: Rishi Sunak has praised Decorum Borough Council For its approach to protecting the Greenbelt. The PM has committed to protecting Greenbelt land in a Hertfordshire borough from becoming housing estates. And Councillor Alan Anderson, who's responsible for PLACE at Decorum Borough Council, has promised brownfield regeneration will be a priority when the authority decides where new homes should be built. His promise follows Prime Minister's questions in the House of Commons on Wednesday January the 25th when the Prime Minister joined Hemel Hempstead MP Sir Mike Penning in praising the Council's approach to green belt protections. Sir Mike said, Decorum Borough Council, the Conservative-led Council in my constituency, has done a fantastic job of building new houses including social housing and council houses. Can the Prime Minister assure me that we will not be pushed into the Greenbelt any more than we already have been and that we can protect the Chilterns in my constituency?" Mr Sunak replied, I join my Right Honourable Friend in praising his local council for ensuring we build homes in the right places so that our young people can fulfil the dream of home ownership. He is also right to say that this government will always protect our precious green spaces. The recent changes in our planning reforms will ensure that we can protect the green belt everywhere. His local community and others will benefit from those protections as we keep our local areas beautiful. After the event, Sir Mike said... I'm pleased that the Prime Minister backed protection of the Greenbelt. He's right. it is precious. People moved to Hemel Hempstead because of the access to green spaces and the proximity of the beautiful Chilterns. It's a fine balance. We desperately need new homes, but we cannot just keep building on Greenbelt land.
2: Continuing the previous story. Councillor Anderson, Conservative, King's Langley, said, The Council has a great track record of delivering new homes on brownfield land across decorum by regenerating urban places, creating a new heart of mixed-use development at the Maylands Business Park, Hemel Hempstead, and building the first Council homes in a generation. We're building on these successes through our emerging strategy for the future of Hemel Hempstead, where brownfield regeneration will be a priority i welcome the government's commitment to the protection of the green belt and the council will be responding positively to consultation on the new national planning policy the government's late 2022 planning reforms feature a guarantee that planning authorities such as decorum borough council will not need to alter greenbelt boundaries if it's on the the only way of meeting the need for new homes according to the latest local plan which dates back to 2004 and sets out where and how new housing should emerge in the borough Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamstead, Flamstead, Tring and Kings Langley are all surrounded by Metropolitan Greenbelt by marking areas out as Greenbelt planners who want to build there must consider urban sprawl such and green infrastructure such as open space and tree planting. Part of the district falls in the Chiltern's area of outstanding natural beauty, which exists to protect land to conserve and enhance its natural beauty. While in November 2022 Decorum Borough Council created a mitigation strategy for Ashridge Commons and Woods. The plan has said developers must consider how to deal with threats to the beach woods, including recreational impacts like vegetation wear and soil compaction, as well as fire and invasive species. Despite protections and decorum, the size of London's Greenbelt has reduced by 6,840 hectares, or 1.3%, since 2017. The borough's leader of the opposition, Councillor Ron Tyndall, Liberal Democrat, Eddyfield West, pointed out that the government considers Decorum's local plan out of date because of the current planning rules. They have made a pig's ear of it, Councillor Tyndall said. The fact is that nothing has happened on the local plan for a long time. I'm waiting to see what the government will actually do and it would only take 30 or 40 MPs to gang up on the Prime Minister for him to change his mind. As a party group, we will work with whatever the government puts in place, but if they want to impinge upon the Greenbelt, we would push back. What we need is not build here, build there, but to ask what the government is doing to build homes in a coordinated way, with homes for
3: social rent too. Following the success of its Christmas events, the Marlowe Shopping Centre in Hemel Hempstead has given over £3,800 to decorum homelessness charity Dens. The Marlowe's created a grotto for children to enjoy, with optional donations encouraged to support its chosen charity Dens. Charity CEO Wendy Lewington said... We are so grateful for the Marlows, who have continually shown fantastic support for Dens. Their amazing fundraising efforts this Christmas will make a big difference to local people facing crisis, especially during these winter months, when the demand for our services has been at a record high. Humphrey Mozana, Centre Manager at Shopping Centre, said... We are so thrilled to present Dens with this amazing cheque as a result of our generous visitors to the magical Christmas experience. We know that the money donated to this brilliant charity will make such a difference to the most vulnerable in our community.
0: Youngsters at the Hemel Hempstead Nursery celebrated National Storytelling Week with a series of fun and creative activities. Lime Grove Day Nursery were also introduced to a new friend, Bernard the Travel Bear, who will be passed around over the coming weeks to join families at home and on their weekend adventures. The youngsters in the Ladybirds room will record their experiences, which will then be collated into a book to be shared on special storytime sessions. The children have also been learning "Baby Sign" with the guidance of their expert practitioners as well as books and resources helping them to convey their emotions and needs more effectively while they develop all the skills necessary for speech. As part of the festivities, children showcase their creativity by drawing characters from their favourite books, including The Gruffalo and We're Going on a Bear Hunt, as well as exploring new words and phrases to encourage the use of small sentences. Lime Grove Day Nursery team leader Robin Shook explained, Storytelling is essential for developing language and listening skills and is wonderful for capturing the imagination. The children love books and have had a brilliant time celebrating this week. We're also very excited to see how the story of Bernard the Bear turns out. National Storytelling Week ran from January the 28th to February the 5th.
1: Resurfacing work has begun by Decorum Borough Council on the section of a popular footpath and cycleway, the historic Nicky Line. The former Harpenden to Hemel Hempstead branch line closed to rail transport in 1979, and the land was bought by DBC and St Albans City and District Council. Since the 1980s, it has been popular with the public after opening as a footpath and cycleway. Now the Hemel Garden Communities Programme will resurface the link from Queensway to Redbourne Road using tar and chip for durability and traction. Chair of Hemel Garden Communities Board Bob Lane OBE said, We're delighted to be able to carry out these latest improvements to the Nicky line. He explained, It's already enjoyed by many residents in the local community and as the town grows into the future we hope to make it even more of a local asset with additional connections to make it easier for people to leave the car at home and walk and cycle to work and around the town. The works follow the resurfacing work that took place in the summer of 2021 to connect the residential areas around Hunter's Oak and the Swallow Fields development with Maylands Business Park. The upgrade of the Nicky Line forms part of a long-term plan to encourage more active travel in the area, helping tackle the challenges of climate change and encouraging healthier lifestyles. The Council's ultimate ambition is to reconnect the route through Hemelhempstead Town Centre and the train station to enable rail passengers to travel sustainably door to door.
2: Tring's Rennie Grove is inviting residents to take part in a fundraising walk around the capital to raise money for hospice care. Rennie Grove is merging with Peace Hospice Care which has organised the London Bridges Walk. This family-friendly day out takes in some of the capital's most iconic bridges and landmarks. There are two routes, one five miles long and the other ten miles, with an option for all abilities. Walkers are encouraged to bring not only their relatives and friends, but their canine companions too. On March the 26th, the routes begin at in Battersea Park, The five-mile route ends at Parliament Square, while the longer 10-mile route takes in 12 bridges and finishes at Tower Bridge. All participants will be awarded a medal on completion. The money raised through entry fees and sponsorship will be used to fund care and support for people with life-limiting illnesses in Buckinghamshire and Hertfordshire. Director of Fundraising at Rennie Grove, Tracy Hancock, said... The London Bridges Walk is a fantastic family day out. You walk at your own pace, so there's time to stop for a coffee or buy lunch along the route if you like. She explained, We provide a booklet containing facts about all the bridges and landmarks you pass along the route, so you might just learn something about new about the capital while raising money to fund our vital services. The early bird registration fee of £10 for adults and £5 for children, under fives are free, lasts until February the 12th. Book tickets at rennygrove.org.
3: Police are appealing for witnesses after a 14-year-old boy was hit by a car in Hemel Hempstead. Shortly after 6pm on Thursday, February the 2nd, a black Seat at Leon collided with a 14-year-old boy crossing the A2451 London Road in Hemel Hempstead. The female driver has been arrested on suspicion of causing serious injury by dangerous driving. Road policing unit sergeant Nicholas Kane said, "We are trying to determine exactly what happened this evening and as well as witnesses we are also keen to hear from anyone with dashcam footage or anyone who saw the incident. If you can help, please get in touch straight away by emailing me at nicholas.kane at hearts.police.uk. You can also report information on the non-emergency number 101, quoting, ISR. Six five nine of O two February, so the second of February. Alternatively, you can contact Crimestoppers anonymously on O eight hundred triple five triple one or via Crimestoppers UK. Now we come
0: to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on, and some more news.
1: Are you planning to throw a street party to mark the coronation of his majesty the king? Hertfordshire County Council has opened its applications to road closures between May the 6th and the 8th. The council has decided to waive the usual road closure fees to encourage people to celebrate the occasion. Residents have until March the 25th to apply to close their road for a party. Leader of Hertfordshire County Council, Councillor Richard Roberts, said For most of us, the coronation of King Charles III will be the first coronation that has taken place in our lifetimes and I know people across Hertfordshire will want to join in with the celebration of this historic event. Applications can be made online at hertfordshire.gov.uk
2: With the increases in the cost of living, heating our homes is more expensive than ever. St Peter's Church in Berkhamstead has joined the network of warm spaces in Hertfordshire, which people can use to stay warm this winter. The courthouse next door to St Peter's will be open on Thursday afternoons, 1.30pm to 3.30pm, offering a friendly warm place with tea, coffee and biscuits. Everyone is welcome to drop in and warm up for a while. If you know anyone who may be struggling with heating bills this winter, please invite them to the Warm Hub. It's free, friendly and confidential. To find other warm spaces in the local area, visit the Hopch County Council website.
3: Romantic Brits have chosen their most cringeworthy chat up line. And the winner is. Da, 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 da. You are hotter than the bottom of my laptop. Cue collective groans louder than an empty stomach. Nonetheless, this awkwardly amorous, engaging opener tops a greetings card firm pre February 14 loved up list. Searches for chat-up lines for him and her recently soared like a helium heart balloon, 767 and 614% higher respectively, according to Thoughtful.com. Love them or hate them, a cheesy chat-up line can be a great icebreaker, or it can backfire very badly, says the company connecting creatives with customers. Whether you're chatting on Tinder or at the bar, you've got to be seriously brave to make your move with some of these deeply cheesy chat-up lines. From groan-worthy puns to lines more silly than seductive, we've created an index of chat-up lines cheesier than a block of cheddar. If you like cheese, as Crawford's Cheddar's Retro TV ad suggested, you'll love these. We've already heard the top one, but there's more. If you were a fruit, you'd be a fine apple. Are you French? Because ifel for you. I'd like to take you to the movies, but they don't let you bring your own snacks. Remember me? Oh, that's right. I've only met you in my dreams. Is your name Google? Because you've got everything I'm searching for. Is there an airport nearby? Or is it my heart taking off? Do you have a map? I keep getting lost in your eyes. Are you a parking ticket? Because you have fine written all over you. And the last one. I think you're suffering from a lack of... (laughs) I'll do that again. I think you're suffering from a lack of vitamin (laughs) me.
0: Now, some really important news. Voter ID needed for May elections. From the 4th of May, 2023, voters in England will need to show photo ID to vote at polling stations in some elections. This will apply to local elections, police and crime commissioner elections, UK parliamentary by-elections, recall petitions, and from October 2023, It will also apply to UK general elections. If you don't have an accepted photo ID, you can apply for a free voter ID document, which is known as a Voter Authority Certificate.
1: And now the obituaries from the family announcements page this week. Edward Barrett, known as Ted aged 85 years. Dennis John Derbyshire, aged 88. Joel Robert Douglas, aged 91. Evelyn Mary Jones, aged 64. Shirley Anne Lee, aged 71 may they all rest in peace.
2: And now, what's on locally? On stage, Bez in conversion at the Court Theatre Tring on February the 16th. The Happy Monday star and Madchester icon discusses his extraordinary adult life, unbelievable scrapes with mortality, periods of financial ruin and narcotic-strewn hijinks. Visit courttheatre.co.uk to book. And Family Theatre. The Little Prince is on at the Watford Palace Theatre on February the 11th and 12th. Stranded in the desert where he's crashed his plane, a pilot meets an inquisitive boy who tells him how he left his own tiny asteroid and journeyed through the universe. On this journey the little prince comes face to face with the baffling world of grown-ups from a king who reigns over nothing to a businessman obsessively counting stars from a mysterious snake to a truly wise and friendly fox. The Dance Theatre Production was nominated for the Best Modern Choreography at the National Dance Awards in 2021 and won the Fantastic for Families Best Family Event Award in 2020. The Times hailed it as an artful piece of children's entertainment without sacrificing adult appeal. Visit proteindance.co.uk to book. And now comedy. Mark Watson is appearing at the Court Theatre Tring on February the 17th. At 41, the comic, Halfway Through His Days on Earth according to the Life Expectancy Calculator app he paid forty nine for. That life is in the best shape in living memory, memory, but one problem remains, and it really is a huge one. Visit courttheatre.co.uk to book. And theatre? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the musical, is on at Milton Keynes Theatre February the 9th to March the 5th. The devilishly delicious tale of young golden ticket winner Charlie Bucket and the mysterious confectionery wizard Willy Wonka is embarking on its first ever UK tour, featuring memorable songs from the classic 1970s film, as well as a host of new numbers. The musical promises to be, be chock full of fantastical treats to dazzle the senses. senses. Willy Wonka is played by Gareth Snook, whose many West End theatre credits include Monsieur André at The Phantom of the Opera, Les Miserables and Sunset Boulevard.
3: Visit atgtickets.com to book. Tring Together and Tring Music Partnership are pleased to announce our first gala performance, a celebration of music in Tring on Saturday, March the 18th. Join us for an amazing evening of Tring music with a full programme featuring TMP Musical Theatre Workshop performers led by Jill Neenan, the TMP Phoenix Big Band, the Zebra Jazz Band, the Tring Bohemiums featuring Alina Matsenko and Tring School Swing Band. The concert starts at 745 PM, finishing at 10:15 PM, followed by dancing, carriages at 11 PM. There are two types of ticket: gold, which is £25 and includes pre-show jazz, drinks, and canape reception and table seating, or the pink variety of ticket at £10. Tickets can be bought online at tringtogether.org.uk or in person at Fancy That Tring. It promises to be a fabulous evening. There will be a bar and raffle during the evening. And another charity event is the Tring Together Charity Golf Day. Tring Together are once again hosting a charity golf day at the wonderful members-only Stocks Golf Club in Aldbury on Friday the 19th of May. A team of four costs £300 and this includes your round of golf, breakfast, refreshments and a barbecue lunch. We cannot guarantee the weather, but we can guarantee great golf and lots of fun. Be sure to get your team registered so you don't miss out. For more information, go to the website tringtogether.org.uk or email Toby at tringtogether.org.uk
0: Saturday, the 4th of March, 2023, at 7.30pm, a Brahms and Mahler concert. The Bridgewater Symphonia returns to St Peter's in Berkhamsted with a concert of magnificent orchestral music in March. International virtuoso violinist Nathaniel Anderson Frank will play the Brahms Violin Concerto, and Mahler's Fourth Symphony will conclude with verses of poetry sung by mezzo soprano soloist Claire McCauldin. Advance tickets £18 or £20 on the door. Under 18s free. Book online at eventbright.co.uk. The bright there is spelt B R I T E.
1: Some home buyers' preferences appear to be shifting towards flats as the cost of running a home has increased, according to a property website. With mortgage rates having climbed in recent months, alongside other household bills, Zupla said more than a quarter, that's 26.8%, of new buyers are looking for one or two bedroom flats, that's up from 22.2% in January 2022. Houses with three bedrooms remain the most in-demand property type, according to the website, with 38.9% of new buyers looking for them, although this proportion has fallen back from 43.7% in January 2022. The proportion of people looking for three-bedroom flats has edged up slightly over the past year, from 3.4% to 3.7%. Demand for four-bedroom homes appears to be holding up, with 14% of new buyers looking for these properties, up from 13.5% in January 2022. Zoopla suggested that buyers are looking to make their budgets stretch further. Outside London, the average two-bedroom flat listed for sale on Zoopla at 196000 is nearly £100,000 cheaper than an average three-bedroom home at £293,000. The website said some of the biggest increases in the proportion of demand for flats have been in towns which are within commuting distance to major cities, including places such as Slough, Watford, Huddersfield and Stockport. It used data from its own website to make the findings based on would-be buyers contacting estate agents to ask about and arrange viewings for homes listed on Zoopla. Zoopla also suggested that more people may look to downsize to a smaller property with cheaper running costs in the months ahead, which may help to support the housing market activity in 2023. Richard Donnell, Executive Director at Zoopla, said, The first few weeks of the year have got off to a stronger start than might have been expected, given how market activity stalled at the end of 2022. There's been a clear shift towards flats as the early buyers focus on value for money and adjust expectations given the hit to buying power from higher mortgage rates. A proportion of existing homeowners are holding back waiting to see if sizeable price falls materialise and how far mortgage rates fall back before entering the market. We believe demand for homes has room to improve further in the coming weeks. Anyone serious about selling needs to be realistic on the asking price and needs to ensure this is in line with what buyers are prepared to pay. Tom Ashwood, director of London agency Tom Ashwood Real Estate, said It's apparent that a large proportion of our buyers are not prepared to risk overspending and therefore have reduced budgets accordingly. This, in my opinion, isn't isolated to the housing market, but the wider cost of living crisis that has been heavily publicised. I will say that the appetite to buy is most certainly still there. Managing expectations for all sellers is a vital component to achieving sales in the present market, and honesty really is the best policy. The demand will automatically subside where buyers do not see a reflective price for a property that they're viewing versus what their expectations are and when an agent lists a property at a higher price to appease the seller and win that business. Sarah Coles, senior personal finance analyst at financial services company Hargreaves Lansdowne, said, if some buyers can negotiate a decent price cut, they may be prepared to take the plunge. She added, however, however, others still want to to steer clear in a falling market.
2: Meal prepping is the gold standard of saving money, reducing waste and keeping healthy. But have you ever made 10 meals in an hour? It might seem like an impossible feat, but it's a regular event for Susan Mulholland, a.k.a. the Batch Lady, and the key to success is all about making a plan. For example, for an example of how she does it, Mulholland, who is based in the Scottish Borders, Starts with a meal such as fajitas in the pot is mince and onions and everything else for fajitas She says and this also works as a base for two other dishes chili and spaghetti bolognese While the meat's browning I make two family portions of burgers and meatballs, which I freeze raw Then I divide up my pot to make two portions of the other three recipes You've then got 10 portions of five different meals for your freezer. This way of cooking comes naturally to Mulholland, who used to work as a time management expert. She took all the tools from her previous job and applied them to cooking when she had children. After sharing recipes on YouTube and Instagram, the Batch Lady was born. She currently has around 27,000 subscribers and 157,000 followers on each platform, respectively. Batch cooking doesn't have to be an endless parade of stews, either. The recipes in Mulholland's new book, The Batch Lady Cooking on a Budget, are vibrant and interesting. She might now be on her fourth cookbook, but Mulholland doesn't claim to have have perfected everything. When asked if she ever had a disaster in the kitchen, she laughs. I had one last night. I'm always trying out new recipes, so I was doing a Christmas dinner, and it worked perfectly. But I wondered if I could make a Christmas pasta bake. It was not nice. Don't chop up your Christmas dinner and leftovers and make it into a pasta bake, because it really wasn't good. If you want to save time and cash by batch cooking, here's how to get into it. I always say start small, Mulholland advises. All you need is to, is to choose two meals a week that you eat regularly and find a recipe you can freeze. You don't have to plan every meal. Planning just one extra meal will save you money, she says. Her book, The Batch Lady, Cooking on a Budget by Suzanne Mulholland is published by HQ and priced at £22.
3: Now we have a message from OWL, Hertfordshire Constabulary, and Neighbourhood Watch, and it concerns telephone frauds currently targeting older people in the area. Fraudsters posing as police officers and bank officials are currently targeting residents in Hertfordshire. During the last month, they have asked victims to hand over cash and bank cards, or to purchase high-value watches and gold bars all of which were collected by a courier. This has resulted in total losses of over £100,000. The fraudster phones you and claims to be from the police or from your bank. They tell you a convincing story. They may say there is a problem related to your bank account and that you urgently need to withdraw your money from your bank and give it to a courier who will come to your house to collect it. Sometimes, people were asked to give their bank card to a courier. Sometimes, they ask you to buy high-value items, such as watches or gold. Please remember, the police or your bank would never ask you to withdraw money from your account. Never ask you to buy high-value items. Never ask you to give your money or goods to a courier or to send money in the post and they will never ask you to give your bank card to a courier or to send it in the post. If you need to check with your bank remember that fraudsters can hold the line open so you should use another phone or call someone you know first to check that the line is clear. Alternatively visit your local bank branch. To verify a police officer's details, call 101 and give the name or number that the officer gave you. Please remember, the WATCH liaison team cannot report an incident on your behalf. You need to ring 101 or report it electronically by going to to this website, hearts.police.uk and select Contact Us.
0: On these oh so gloomy short days, not much respite from work, dark mornings and dark nights, you'd think it would be easier to get a decent night's sleep. But factor in a winter of discontent, the rising cost of living and January blues, and chances are you're tossing and turning and feeling generally out of sorts as a result. Plus, The fact that there's so much less daylight at this time of year can impact our sleep-wake cycles and energy levels. One of the most difficult issues we face in January is the tiredness we feel on waking, says Dr. Maya Schadel, clinical psychologist with a specialism in insomnia, sleep difficulties and trauma, and co-founder of the Good Sleep Clinic, explaining that this is linked to our circadian rhythms. These are our internal body clocks, which help us to know when it's daytime and when it's time to sleep. And they are massively affected by light, she explains. When we're exposed to daylight, our body inhibits the production of melatonin, says Schädel, the hormone that helps signal to our bodies that it's time for sleep. In contrast, when daylight starts to dwindle, our body clock begins to produce more melatonin to help us drift off. Here, experts share their top tips for getting the best sleep possible. One, lights on when your alarm goes off. It may not be light outside when your alarm goes off, but you can help your body to recognize daytime by using artificial lights, says Schädel. A bright light shining in your face will help persuade your brain that it is in fact daylight, even if you have your eyes shut. It might not always be the most pleasant way to wake up at first, but she says once you have managed to reset your body clock, it won't feel quite as uncomfortable. Two, face the elements and go for a walk. It can be so difficult to muster the motivation to get outside and exercise when it's cold, windy and rainy, but the benefits of exercise to our sleep quality and the benefits of exposure to daylight to our circadian rhythm are clear, says Schedl. If you struggle to make time or find the motivation for it, try to make your walk an experience and see it as an invigorating, challenging moment where you are fully faced with the drama of the natural world. If working from home, add this into your routine as an alternative commute. Three, ditch the tech before bedtime. Winding down before you head to bed is just as important as sleep itself, which can have a big impact on the quality of your slumber and ability to drift off. In the hour before you settle down, try to avoid bright screens such as laptops and mobile phones, which can stimulate your brain and keep you awake for longer. Instead, the suggestion is spending time on a wellness activity, such as reading or bathing or anything you find relaxing. Four, try the Scandinavian sleep method. Dorothy Chambers, sleep expert at Sleep Junkie, says it's no surprise people are looking for other ways to have a peaceful night's sleep when they're sharing a bed. The Scandinavian sleep method is where a couple uses two separate duvets, blankets, rather than one large one to share, explains Chambers. When looking at the benefits of this approach, she says it stops couples from having to fight over the duvet at night, which can be a big problem for some. Five, eat the best foods for sleep. Chambers suggests that Ideally, you should be eating your last meal of the day at least three hours before bed and not eating again until breakfast. Although This can be very vary depending on your individual health and needs, of course. And if you do need a midnight snack, she suggests keeping it light and sticking to sleep-friendly foods such as bananas, almonds or yogurt. Skip the burgers and fried foods around dinner time. Instead, eat foods such as whole grains cottage cheese, kale, hummus, jasmine rice and sweet potatoes.
1: We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7.25am and 5.09pm. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply... Play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly, turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Jake, your technician for this week. Goodbye.